You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 51. Welcome back, Curd Nerds. Um, today we've got an interview, and it's with Rochelle Harris. And Rochelle lives in Texas, in the United States of America. She also has a farmstead, I think runs a farmstead, and has, I think, a cow. One cow, two cows. Yeah. Well, they kind of keep reproducing, so... All right, so you have cows, and they have names. She also blogs at thepromiselandfarm.com and has a 10-part video series on cheesemaking on YouTube, um, which is probably the only other cheesemaking series that I can find besides my own YouTube channel. Welcome to the show, Rochelle. Hey, Gavin. It's very good to be here. Thank you for, for turning up. I know we've had to reschedule once. Different time zones between Australia and Texas. It's, uh, it's, uh, very, yeah, uh, it's very, hard to, yeah, very hard to connect. All right, so first question to you, uh, which I ask just about everybody, is why did you start cheese making? Um, I found out that what I eat, um, I wanted to have better quality food, and I couldn't buy it at the grocery store, and I was having to drive really far to get good quality milk, and it was like five hours, I mean, just to get good pastured, raw, good Jersey milk. And then I realized we had the land and the resources and the time. Why don't we just get a cow? And so we got a Jersey cow. And then I realized I have too much milk. I need to make cheese. I love cheese. And then I realized how good it is for you, the nutritional benefits. And I can't buy it. I can't buy good raw milk cheese. You know, it's so expensive. And it's very hard to get a hold of, where I am at least. I mean, you have to drive. And it's so expensive. Yeah. And um, you don't know really if the cows have been taken care of, and you don't know the quality of the milk. So that's why I make my own cheese. Oh, fantastic! And it, tastes, it tastes good. Too. Yeah, it does. It's so really you good. don't you don't pasteurize your milk? Oh, definitely not. Okay. No. All right. So it's, it's so so all the cheeses are raw milk. So and the, right. And the good thing is, I suppose for you, is that you can go from the cow to the yep. cheese pot within an hour or so. Exactly. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. The, the, the milk comes out of the cow like 100 degrees. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it comes out pretty warm. Yeah. So 100 degrees, 38 Celsius, I, just converting I for everybody. Of, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> I use, like, the cold milk. I My cow produces about approximately two to three gallons of milk a day. So, like, oh, what is that in your... Uh, two to three gallons. Ga- so two gallons is eight litres and then 12 liters, yeah, for three gallons. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so it takes me two days of milk to make like a four to six gallons of cheese. Yep. So how and many so how many pounds of cheese does that make? Uh, six pounds of cheese is six gallons. Six pounds, that's two, about three kilos. Yeah, that's a big cheese. It's a big cheese. Yeah. Or four gallons or four gallons of milk is four. Uh, four pounds of cheese, yeah. approximate, approximately, depending on the cheese, you know. Yeah. You know how much you get out of it, but yeah, exactly. Or like the time of year, you know, like if we have really lush grass, then we get a better yield. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so because you've got your own milk, you you don't use any other. T- there's no goat milk that you use. You don't make goat's milk cheese or anything like that. 
No, I don't. Oh, that's just right. Cows not. That's all right. <laughs> just checking, yeah. just in case you had a goat next door or something. I was tempted to. I bet. I bet. So, what is what are your some of your favorite cheeses you like to make? Uh, my family, they like. Um, I like all kinds of cheeses, and if it was up to me, I would make the stinkers and the firm ones and the graters and the I don't know. But my family just likes mild cheeses, <laughs> so they like Parmesan. So I do that a lot. Yep. They do. They like like Monterey Jack and Colby and cheddar. I like things that I can age and then. Like I make cheese like four months out of the year, really heavily, well, four or five months, and yep. then the grass stops dropping off. And then I want to have that cheese that I make during that time. I want to have it last me at least a year in the cheese fridge. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I try to pick cheeses that last well. Okay. So and that don't get too strong mm. because my I I guess I could teach my kids to like that flavor, but I have yet to succeed. Yeah. So by stinkers, do you mean things like Munster and Brick and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, they like Camembert and oh. they like Brie. They like Camembert Brie. Right. Um. But but like um blue cheese and yeah, yeah. All the the a lot of the rubbed cheeses that are rubbed with bee linens and yeah. The molds and stuff—they're really delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I make I, a couple of them for me. <laughs> oh, okay, just for you. And my husband, he'll eat a little. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't started making any washed rind cheeses yet. I have the. I have the bacteria in the freezer, but um, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, I haven't ventured that far yet because they do take a lot of work, don't they? Yeah, a little bit more work, but they're really delicious. They're worth trying for sure. All right, I'll have to give it a go and put a video up and see how that goes, because people <laughs> have been asking for. I think Munster and yeah. uh, what's the other one? There's a brick cheese, I think, and um, Tellagio. Yeah, yeah, I've made those. Those are good. Mm. And, you know, they're not that hard. Like, um, And they ripen pretty fast. Get it? In a month? Yeah, it was faster than normal. Yeah. yeah. And the, the it wasn't hard to make. You'd think it'd be hard, but I think those are a little easier than, like, a real cheddar. Mm. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. They're oh, they're nice and clean. They're easier to get them to turn out. It seems like they turn out. Your chances of them turning out good is, yeah. is high. Fantastic. I don't know why that is. Fantastic. So you make all this cheese. How do you store it? I have a um, cheese fridge. Well, and it's not really a cheese fridge. It's a wine fridge that I just use for cheese, and I bought two of them. I probably should have just bought a huge refrigerator and <laughs> put a thermostat because <laughs> you like make cheese and you have to store it, and it takes up a lot of room. Yeah. So I'm running out of room. They're both full. Right. Anyways. So it's not ideal. So I'm is, on a cave in is, the ground. Is it, is it your cheese making season at the moment? Yes. Right, right now. So so that's why your cheeses are full then. Uh, your fridges are full. Fridges are full, yeah. Yeah, cool. But, uh, but I, I, the problem with the fridge is the humidity. And I've really tried everything possible. I don't know my climate. I wouldn't consider it dry, but the fridge is very hard to get above 40 degrees uh, humidity. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So I've got yeah. a so you so using wine fridges that kind of suck the humidity out of the fridge, don't they? But they keep the right temperature. Exactly. Yeah, so I used to have one of those and it gets yeah. really hot here in summer like we're talking um uh 45 Celsius. So what's that in Fahrenheit? That's 113 Fahrenheit. Yeah, so it gets quite hot sometimes. We're, we're 105. Yeah. We're at 105 where we are. 113 is pretty Yeah, hot. it's pretty extreme. We only get a few days like that, but um, they're getting more and more. But I, I had those a wine fridge 
that I could yeah. set at 13, but it couldn't hold its temperature. It kept on going up to, you know, 20, 25, and the cheeses start to sweat. So I had to get a one of those under, you know, the, the bar fridges, the small bar fridges. Yeah, so and then I had to get an external thermostat for that. Um, and the good thing is, because it's got a little freezer unit, which actually doesn't work because I don't keep it at the right temperature, it actually yeah. um, gets condensation in there, so it keeps it quite humid. It keeps it automatically about 80, 80% humidity. So, which is really, used oh, is I'm really so good. Jealous. So that's called a okay. Wait, a bar fridge that has like a freezer in it. Yeah, a little freezer. But the thing is, because I've got an yeah. external thermostat, it only comes on for about half an hour a day to keep it at yeah. thirteen Celsius or what's that, fifty five Fahrenheit. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. So, and then it keeps the humidity because it all the condensation from the old freezer. So, yeah, yeah it works yeah. like a treat. Oh, I wish I would have known that. I had to. I mean, I've tried everything. Mm. I mean, I blogged about it, but it all is too much work, and it all breaks. And no, nothing works. So don't tell me to use some reptile <laughs> humidifier with water that bubbles. It doesn't work. It doesn't raise the humidity enough. Yeah. Wet towels. Wet towels do not work. I don't. I don't. Maybe if you live somewhere really humid, I don't know. Yeah. And then what else doesn't work? The I have little mini humidifier that that does work. Yeah. But you have to keep putting water in it, and it gets clogged up and dirty. So you gotta like clean it and vinegarize, vinegar it, and yeah. It's it's. It's, it's a pain. I don't know. I don't have time for that. No, no. Yeah, time for eating and making, but you know, it's the yeah. it's the maturation that's the 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 tricky part of cheese making. I think. So that's right. Speaking of maturation, so how do you um, how do you prepare your cheese for storage? So if it's a hard cheese like yeah. a cheddar, yeah. how do you prepare it? Do you uh, whack? Uh, yeah. Here, I'll let you. I'll let you I talk. Can. You I go. Know, I know. I'm. This is like my favorite subject to talk about. Okay, when I started. Ideally, I want to have like a humidity of 80 to 90 degrees. And if I could get that, then I would bandage wrap all my cheeses with like the cheese wrap. And I have lots of tallow and it works really well, Mm. but only if you can keep the humidity up in your refrigerators, because otherwise your cheeses dry out and crack and they get too dry. But that's my favorite way because it's like traditional, the cheeses breathe and, um, you know, it keeps them moist. And then you get a good flavor in the cheese because you get molds. But then the problem is you have to brush them and you have to turn them. Yeah. And you have to give your cheeses lots of love. And I have small children and a farm. And, oh, my goodness, it was intense. <laughs> and then the humidity thing in the fridge was too low. So, okay, wait. And then I've tried – what else have I tried as a flop? I've tried uh, the paraffin wax. But because my humidity is really low, I'll get cracking – and then in, in the wax, screwed. In the wax, yeah. And oh. then you know, if you don't catch it in time and rewax it, you know, it gets mold and then yeah, it yeah. can ruin your. Which is really disappointing when you you know spent an entire day making this beautiful wheel of cheese. So uh, okay, I would have gone to after six years of making cheese flops. Yeah, is vacuum vacuum sealing my cheeses? <laughs> and that does work, I know, because I I have yeah, a vacuum. That- yeah, and and really, I, I know that um, a lot of traditionalists won't go there um, because they say the cheese can't breathe and all that sort of stuff. But if you, like you said, you spend a whole day making cheese, the last thing you want to do is it for it to dry out and crack. And yes. and you look, if your only option is vacuum packing, you know, I I do it too, especially in summer when it gets really hot here yeah. and the the humidity goes down in the fridge a little bit. 
for whatever reason, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I vacuum pack as well, so. It works really well. It keeps out the mold and the humidity stays good and it's uh, it's idiot-proof and mm. I need that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can write, write on, the, on the plastic. Yeah. 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 It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. And so I, anyway, I've gone to that. Yeah. So I tend to um, – so if I cut the cheese – once it's mature, I cut the cheese in half and then I'll reuse that – the the plastic for the and I'll put half in there still and then vacuum pack it again uh, and uh, and that way you don't have to waste too much plastic so I just reuse it it's easy to do oh that's a good idea wait so when your cheese is mature so you when can cut it in half yeah and then because my problem is I can never eat all my cheeses in time I'm a, yeah the same here so I'll because I make so much now so I'm making a cheese a week probably. Um, yeah. I yeah. So I'll, if if I have vacuum packed it, and even if I haven't, if I've waxed it and then taken yeah. the wax off, cut the cheese in half, will consume half over about you know, a period of a month, and then the other half will just go in the normal refrigerator at the back of the free. The, so when when it's winter time, we pull it out again, and away we go, and we can eat it. So it stores for a long time. It slows down the aging. It's really good. So. And do you put it back into your refrigerator when you cut it and you vacuum seal it that half? Do you yeah, put that in your cheese fridge or do you put it in your colder fridge? No, in the in the normal kitchen fridge. So at four degrees Celsius at, uh, what's okay. that, 50 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, and then it just slows it down. You can eat it anytime you like. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm going to do that. Thanks yeah. for that tip. That's all right. No problems. So, um, so do you have a – because you've got a full cheese fridge – have you got a routine, turning, all that sort of stuff? Uh, no. No. <laughs> well, when, Just... I walk by the, when I walk by the laundry room, I look at it. I'm like, oh, I need to turn those. Wait, I'm going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> and you forget. Tomorrow I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn them now. No, actually my little girl, she's five now. And she says, mommy, I went and I turned all the cheeses and I think there's a cheese that's ready. Let's eat it. Can we eat it? <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. So she's your cheese turner. Yeah, it's really unscientific. When I first started, I was really good about it and diligent, but anyway, I kind of laid back. It still it, works. Even if you miss a week, it doesn't matter, you know. I've yeah. even missed it for two weeks, except for the bloomy rinds, which I find yeah. that you've got to turn them daily. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've got to turn them daily just about that's, to get that bloom, yeah. The cheddars, I'll just leave them in the back of the fridge, I'll be right. You know, I love the blooming rinds, like the brie or camembert. Mm. It's like the same cheese. Yeah. It always turns out for me, and it's always so good. That is worth making, mm. even though, you know, when, if I make a cheese like that, I put a sticky sit note, like right where I'll see it, and um, I'll make sure I turn that one every day. Yeah. Otherwise, it won't form right. But if I have low-maintenance cheeses, then I don't even bother with it. Yeah. Unless I think about it, and then I go flip everything in the fridge. Yeah. I flip... Um so when I put the new cheese in, then I'll flip all the other ones as well. So that's once a week. That's just the routine. Right. That's just the routine I've got. And yeah, yeah. because I post a um, a YouTube video up on Sunday nights Australian time, um, yeah. that kind of prompts me to go and check the cheese fridge, see what's in there for the next video or whatever, and uh, and go yeah. from there. So no, that's cool. No, that's well, good. Actually, I'm kind of um, I make cheese out of necessity because I don't want to waste my milk. And pretty much I have really, 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 really rich milk because I have a cow that doesn't have a calf on her. Right. And she's a hundred percent Jersey. And so she gives me really thick cream, like thick, thick, thick. Yeah. And so I actually skim some of the cream off. And so 
at about day three of milking, I like have to make milk or my refrigerators or I have to make cheese because my refrigerators just fill with milk. Mm. And um, so, anyway, so I skim a lot of the cream because it's so heavy. I think the cheese would just be like triple cream. Yeah. So do, do you know what percentage of fat is in the milk? Is it about 4.5, 5? Okay, I can. Okay, I'm going to ask Google. Oh, you're going to ask Google for Jersey milk? I think it's about 5 by, the, by memory. Okay. Jersey milk, cream. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. And if you don't have a calf on the cow, like if you're not sharing with a calf, the mothers give you everything, and um, you get a really high percentage of butter fat. And if you're not, like, doing a big um, milk tank, like, all the milk that I milk is from one cow. Right, yeah. And so it's not milk. It's not mixed with a bunch of milk from several cows. And so when you have several cows together and you have unhomogenized milk where the cream rises to the top, it seems like it's almost impossible to get the right amount of cream with the skim milk. And so you kind of get gypped a little bit when you buy milk from someone that has lots of cows. I think that's my opinion. That's your opinion, yes. So that, that <laughs> no, that's a good philosophy for getting a single house cow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because we like our coffee cream. Nice. And we like it thick. So for ice cream and coffee cream and butter, you want lots of cream. You know, that's very rare over here in Australia. Nobody puts cream in their coffee. Really? No, we just put normal full cream milk. Oh, huh? And even well, that's- and there's a big coffee culture where I come from here in Melbourne that okay. they make all the coffees with milk, so they don't put water hot water in it. They just put milk and then the coffee coffee shot. Yeah. Um, so but it's like espresso. They use so. whole milk. They use whole milk, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, but they never put cream. There's no nobody oh. puts cream in their coffee. Oh, have you ever tried it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that like must sound silly. Hold on a minute. Do you like ice cream? Yeah, we make our own ice cream. Okay, there you go. So you're getting it still in your diet. Oh, of course. And then all the cheese, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's good. Um, <laughs> so, oh, hang on. I've got to find my next question now. Sorry, put me off. So when, when you first started making cheese, where did you get all your equipment and stuff like that? Did you just source oh, yeah. it locally, op shops, that sort of stuff? No, I got it from New England Cheese Making Company because I, I live in a – and that was a really good source because I could get just like a little bit of culture and a little bit of like cheese making supplies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you still use those guys? I've gone to a website called Get Culture. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, dot com. Have you heard of them? No, no. Let's see. Get. It's. I think it's. It's because it's an American. It's yeah. in the for Ameri- for America. But I can get bigger quantities. Yeah, yeah. And um and uh, it's not as expensive. New England Cheese Making Company. I think is better for like people that don't make a lot of cheese all the time. They're kind of mm. for like the hobby cheesemaker that wants to make once in a while. But like, it's pretty intense if you have a cow and you want you have to make cheese all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I get it from getculture.com. Oh, okay. I can get bigger quantities and not have to get little packets. I can get, like, you know, the big packet. Yeah. So we, we actually, we started shipping, oh, started, we started shipping earlier on the year to the U.S., and we actually had quite a few customers. So, I bet. Yeah, so which is really good. All the way from Australia shipping cultures to the to the U.S., and half the cultures have come from Europe anyway, so they do nearly do yeah. a full circle around the world, so... It's quite funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. all the ones I buy, I think they're all from Europe. Yeah. They all that, have those weird names and I 
can't really understand what it says on the packet. Yeah, yeah. You just hope for the best and just go by the numbers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ended up, I started buying direct set because I used to buy, uh, I used to make like my own like mesophilic culture that you continue. Yeah, you mother culture. You, yeah. Yeah, mother culture. But um, it was kind of unpredictable. And I did, you know, the contamination possibilities with everything I do in my kitchen was just too much to mm. keep up. Yeah, yeah. I've never tried a mother culture. I think direct vac inoculation is yeah, so easy. It's way better. Yeah, way better. Yeah, don't do a, it. There's don't a, waste your time. Yeah, it is because you you get mixed results. Really do. Yep. I've actually yep. been reading a book by um, uh, what's his name, David Asher, lately. Okay. There's a big. Um, have a look at that. Uh, hang yeah, on, I'll just grab it. Ugh. Yeah, it's called the the art of natural cheese making. Now he uses um, kefir. As the culture oh, for nice. just about everything. Um, no way. Really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he's got a. It's quite a good book. I got it. I haven't tried anything yet because I haven't been able to get my hands on any um, um, kefir grains. Um, Ooh, but yeah, I can send you some. Is it legal? Oh, I don't know. I have, I have kefir like growing on my counter all the time. Yeah, they're like the best little grains in the world. Yeah, you just have to know someone that has them. And yeah, I'm sure I can get them here them. somewhere, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I've seen some imitation kefir, though, like they're, um, it's a powdered culture, but it's not the same. Oh, yeah. Don't get that. It's got to be the grains, don't it? The grains, yeah. Yeah, so... And um, they're super easy to take care of. Yeah. They they require no effort or brain power to keep alive. he uses kefir in every single recipe, and he's got, there's about 10 10 or 15 cheeses, I think, and he includes, and the kefir also, and, and because you use raw milk... Um, all the yeah. recipes are for raw milk, so um, oh, that's lovely. Be right up your alley. I think he's from New York. Um, he's know. actually come to Australia once and, and taught a couple of uh, classes in Sydney mm-hmm. and Melbourne. So he's quite popular amongst cheesemakers here. People are trying his recipes anyway. So it's very hard to get raw milk unless you've got your own cow like you have here, because um, they ban the sale of raw milk within Victoria anyway. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. It's bad. Bad for cheesemakers. So I have to resort to pasteurised, unhomogenised. So that that's what I can yeah. get. Which, which works all right. The cheese is turning all right. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So what words of encouragement would you have for newbie cheesemakers or new curd nerds who are thinking about gonna uh, starting to make cheese? Well, cheesemaking, I think, is a good compliment to just, like, people that – want to eat healthy and people that like to um you know feed their families good nutritional food i think cheese is a superfood, and also cheese making is a good compliment to just whatever you're doing around the house mm. because it's like you do a little bit and then you wait for an hour you know do a little bit more and you wait for another hour you know okay but then there's like 45 minutes where it's stirring hell yeah. Stir. <laughs> yeah and believe me stir yeah it took me three years before i realized if you don't stir your cheeses are going to be bitter okay there's a tip for you yeah stir. it says stir, stir so stir stir the milk stir it. it's not that hard stir to stir it. the curds i'm busy i'm a busy i stay at home and i take care of the children and the farm 
and uh, I'm busy and but you need to stir that 40 minute stir those curds and you know you can go away for the bathroom break or whatever yeah. the kids crying but go back and stir it exactly if you don't, it gets bitter and okay what other tips oh it's uh people think they're too busy but I think you can find time to make cheese and you won't ever find a cheese that is as healthy for you I think is the one you make yeah no I definitely agree because you know, I just make the time. You just, I, it, yeah. I actually book cheese making in my calendar. So if I know I've got a free weekend, yeah. I slot yeah. one day and I'll put it in the yeah. calendar and say, I'm making cheese X. I'll look through my masses of cheese book recipes and, and have a look. Fine. So, you know, because the book I wrote, I've made all those. I don't need to make them anymore. So I'm looking for yeah. all, all different recipes. So there's a few other books yeah. I'll recommend if people don't mind. Oh, yeah. I've got to reach for it. This one's a Canadian one, which is pretty good because it's in metric and uh, U.S. Imperial as well. It's called 200 Easy Homemade Cheese Recipes, and it's by Deborah Amrain Boyles. So so you may already have it. Oh, that sounds neat. I don't have that one yet. Yeah, so that's this is the one I'm currently working from, and nice. every cheese I've made has turned out well. So oh, nice. Well, that's a good. I'm gonna have to get that one. Yeah. So now that's a good one. I'll put it. I'll put that in the show notes of the podcast as well. So the two books that I've recommend, talked about this week. Um, so got, yeah, I've got one book I really, really like. Have you heard of this one? I actually have, but I don't have it because I couldn't get it. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, you need it. Okay, it's called um, Mastering Artesian Cheese Making. Um, the Ultimate Guide for Home Scale and Market Producers. And the author is, I can't say her name correctly, but G, oh goodness. Okay, Cadwell is her last name. Oh, okay. K-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. Her first name, I think, is, okay, it's hard. It's G-I-A-G. Hold it up and I'll have a go. Gianna Lalis. Oh, you have to hold it. Yeah, Gianna Silas, something like that. Close. Is that Italian or? I yeah, it, it sounds Italian. Italian. I'm I'm bad with Italian. So. <laughs> anyway, that book is excellent, and the reason why it's so good is because I like to know the reason why I'm doing things, and she is extremely detailed, and she goes through like the scientific stuff about everything you do, but it also is written for like the lay person that yep. doesn't. Like I don't have a nerdy brain. I have more like a just. Tell me plainly, ABC, yeah. you know, XYZ. And that's what she does. But she goes into a lot of detail about everything. And it's awesome. All right. And all her recipes do turn out really good. And she's got, like, all the cheeses in there. Like, it is... I think almost every single one. All right. Fantastic. Are the uh, measurements in um, metric and imperial? Good question. Let's see. I never pay attention to that. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Look at that. Oh, yes, fantastic. Both, yes. She puts the Celsius and stuff in parentheses next to the Fahrenheit. Nice, because a lot of U.S. cheese books that I've, I have do not, yeah. and I have to convert oh, in and pencil. And she's got, like, the liters in here, too. Oh, fantastic. She's got her, and she's got grams. Yeah, so she does it. Oh, good, because that really makes a cheese-making book, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. All right, cool. Any other tips? Let's see what else. It's fun to make cheese 
if you have kids, get them involved. They love it. They love to eat the curds and mm. rest mm. the cheese. And, you know, you're passing on an old tradition that's been lost. It's been kind of hard for me to learn how to make cheese because I don't know anyone that milks a cow, first of all. I don't know anyone that makes cheese. and Or I didn't before, you know. Well, you do now. Yeah. Talk- I do now, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, now I do. But there's not many people that are interested in it. And it, and it's a great hobby because, you know, you get to eat the cheese. Mm. You know, a lot of – and you can share it with family and friends. And you look like a superhero. People are like, you make cheese? Yeah, you get a superpower. Yeah, you have yeah. superhero status. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone loves cheese. I mean – They do. They love eating it. And also, if you're sensitive to milk and lactose and stuff, cheese is great because it's a fermented, you know, product that the lactose is reduced so Mm. much. Especially the harder cheeses like uh, Parmigiana and um, Romano and yeah, and the Alpine cheeses because there's hardly any lactose in them at all because they're um, they've been aged so well. That's right. No, definitely. All right. Well, I've I've run out of questions. Is there anything else you want to um, share with the listeners? Um, I'm fixing on, I haven't done any cheese videos in a while cause I've been so busy having kids and taking care of the farm, but I think I'm going to get back at it. And my next post I'm hoping to do next week is, um, how to make queso. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever tried that one? Yeah. I've made uh, queso fresco. So it's a, yeah. a, yeah, yeah. I've made a video. Is that like the smooth queso? No, the, that's like a, the, like a dip. So there's, you try the dip. So there's two, this is queso blanco. Oh, well, there's yep. probably more, but these are the ones I can only find recipes for. So queso blanco is a bit like um, it's a bit yeah. like cream cheese, but on steroids. And the queso fresco, which is a pressed cheese, um, I've made that one. Okay, wait. Okay, I'm thinking about. So I'm using a different terminology. When I think of queso in America, I'm thinking like queso dip, like a dip for yes, chips. Yes, so that'll be. Ever use like a cheese dip? Uh, no. Oh, it's so good. You eat chips and cheese dip. Oh, with nachos because they have like melted like cheese nachos. sauce on top. Yeah. Cheese sauce. Okay, I need yeah. to call it cheese sauce. That's all right. I have the best recipe for cheese sauce. It'll like, it'll knock your socks off. Can and you it's send so it to me? Easy to make. Yeah. 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 yeah shoot yeah. it through, and I'll put it in the show notes, and everybody in the whole world can make it then. Yeah, that's true. I'm planning on doing it. I have the video footage all. Um, done. I just need to make the blog post, and I should by next week I should have it done. All right. But it's so easy to make, and it's like a fermented. You know, it's fermented twenty four hours, mm. and it doesn't use any flour or butter or anything like that. It's just like mesophilic culture, baking soda, yeah, salt, oh. and the milk. Oh. And um, it's fermented twenty four hours. Oh, it has a drop of rennet. Right. And yep. then uh, fermented twenty four hours, and then it's hung in a pillowcase. Yep. And then you add the baking soda and you um, blend it and warm it up slightly. And the flavor from the fermentation and you can add you add salt. And if you want to add, you know, whatever you want to it, like herbs or, um, you know, salsa or something to make it spicy. Yeah. It's incredibly good. Nice. So good. You can use it as like a spread on sandwiches or on bagels, like um, like a soft cheese spread. Yeah. Or you want. Or you warm it. If you warm it up, it, it turns liquid. Oh, right. So then you you use it for um, chips and nachos mm. or, you know, wherever you would want um, a, a cheese that's liquid. Nice. Sounds really like good. In America, we have a bad cheese called Velveeta. Have you heard of that? Uh, is it Velveeta? made by Kraft? Yeah. And it's in it a blue. It's really good. Is it in a blue box? It's like, 
I don't know. I think it's yellow. Velveeta. No, we don't have that here. Cheese with it in America. It's like eating. um, It's processed, right? Really processed. Yeah. Really, really processed. So it's not really cheese. This tastes tastes like that. Right. But better. Right. Like, you know. You know how some of our homemade cheeses don't really stand up sometimes to the store cheeses? People are like, that doesn't taste like store cheese. That's because they add so much crap to their um, cheese. That's why. I know. This is the only thing, though, that non-believers love. <laughs> Non-cheese. <laughs> non, yeah. Non-cheese curds. Yeah. Non, Non-curd nerds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And people that don't want to make cheeses that are hard to make, that take all day to make, this is like, this is the cheese that's up their alley. Yeah. So well, I'll, I'll I've never had any – I've actually never had – because I take um, a quarter of each wheel to work for my work colleagues. I've never had anybody say that, that doesn't taste like whatever they go, oh, what new – because I've never tasted anything but cheddar. So, you know, they're very – unless there's, uh, you know, a couple of people that have probably had a cheese platter or something like that. But the thing is I find that a lot of people don't realise that you've got to bring your cheese to room temperature before you get the full flavour. So when you take it out of the fridge yeah. – you leave it for you know an hour before you even tuck right. into it because the flavor just goes crazy. It's just amazing. So I need to do that. I don't have much patience. Oh. I like take it out and cut it and then we and eat it. it. Yeah, I right. Do that. But if you do a chewy, if you do a cheese platter, right, I'll just leave it on the side for for um for an hour and then you'll find that the flavor is just so much different. Huh. That's neat. There you go. Well, just you my know, tip. I'm gonna do that. That's a good tip. Good. Thanks. Righto. So, so what's the uh, what's the best place people can contact you on the internet if they want to ask you any questions? Facebook dot com, the Promised Land Farm. If you just search for the Promised Land Farm on Facebook, you can find me on there. Okay. And I uh, have a blog, a uh, website at the the Promised Land Farm dot com. So that's promise without an ed. So it's promise, not promised. That's right, promise. Right, yep. thepromiselandfarm.com, and that's where everybody can find Rochelle if they want to ask her any questions about how yeah. she makes cheese over there in Texas. All right, well, yeah. thanks you, thank you so much for being on the show today, Rochelle. Really had a good time having hey, a chat and that to you. We were, uh, I'm a fellow listener too. I'm a fan of you oh. here in uh, oh, America, my. and we really enjoy your podcast and your cheese book. I have that because. You can't learn enough, you know. It's fun to learn from. That's other right. I've that got so many cheese books, and before well, before I started finding all these cheese books, I thought I'm going to write my own because because I couldn't find yeah. them here in Australia. So, yeah, yeah, that was good. Anyway, really enjoy your YouTube video. Oh, thank you, you so much. Videos and podcasts. It's a it's a good way to learn. Yeah. You follow everything that you you produce. So keep it coming. Thank Lots you very much. Well, yes, I'll um I'm gonna. Um, go into my Facebook groups today and ask for more um, any interviewees. So I'll see if I can f- drum up some more. It's been lovely talking to you, Rochelle. You too, Gavin. All Thank right. you for speaking with me. That's all right. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Well, I think you'll agree that Rochelle is quite an experienced and knowledgeable home cheese maker. really enjoyed my chat with her today. Don't forget that the books that we mentioned in the show, I'll put those into the show notes and hopefully um, if she sends it through in time, I will pop in the queso recipe um, that she was talking about, the cheese sauce of sorts that is made very naturally indeed. Oh, I think it's home time. All righty. 
for upcoming workshop dates and all of my equipment, uh, supplies and cultures and cheese making kits, pop over to littlegreenworkshops.com.au. Over there you can also find my cheese making ebook, Keep Calm and Make Cheese, The Beginner's Guide to Cheese Making at Home. Uh, you can also find it on Amazon and iTunes. Thanks for listening, Curd Nerds, and don't forget to check out my YouTube channel where you'll find lots and lots of cheesemaking video tutorials. You can find that at cheeseman.tv. Thanks for hanging around till the end. Um, <laughs> during this podcast, you heard Royalty Free Music by Kevin McLeod. I played Malt Shop Bop and Call to the Dairy Cows. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.